Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast. And today I have a special, special uh, NBA season preview show. Yes, all women. Um, I decided to have all women on my podcast today because I think that um, women are really growing the sport of basketball. And um, I kind of feel like sometimes they also get overlooked um, and conversations and everything like that. So I just decided, like, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm not going to have the guys on. I'm going to have the woman on. So they go, you know what I'm saying, with their basketball mindset. So I have uh, from Sports Talk 2319, I got Kate Constable and Justina Knight. Um, just give a little introduction about yourself, starting with you, Kate, and then Justina. Yeah, so I joined the Sports Talk 2319 group um, just a couple months ago, did the draft preview show with Rashad. Um, I just do kind of a lot of freelance um, writing and broadcasting, uh, mostly for NBA type shows and whatnot. Um, but kind of wherever Rashad needs me to step in and do an interview or, or add value in some place, that's kind of my role here. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And Justina? Well, of course, I've been with Sports Talk 2319 for a year now. I just came up on a year, maybe two and a half, three weeks ago. Um, Mr. Rashad gave me the role of being his head evaluator. So, of course, we look at athletes on the high school, college, as well as the professional level. Professional does not just mean the NBA. It does mean overseas as well. And so we look at them and we look at the same patterns that they keep and seeing, you know, what they, what makes them so good as well as what they can improve on. And so I've also had the ability to work with Rashad and be able to see what he sees and also he gets to see what I see. So well, we just came together and just made this, made this thing work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sports talk is uh Got a strong group over there, man. With 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 you, with you two, with uh, Zach, who I actually play on pro, um, professional basketball with me and Zach, and um, you know Max and everybody. So yeah, I, I love I love what you're doing over there. So, um, my my introduction to sports talk was actually about 1996 when I first seen Rashad at the um, McDonald's All American game when he was a high scorer with uh, Kobe Bryant. Okay. Um, Jermaine O'Neal was in that game and stuff like that. So that was my first introduction. He was actually a late addition. So he had no number, no, his name wasn't on the back of his jersey. And um he ended up, yeah, he ended up leading the um the whole McDonald's All American game and scoring. And wow. then another um time I I, I I I didn't run into him, but my introduction to him was when I was like, I was I, I wonder where he was at. You know what I mean? Because I didn't see him for like two years. So I'm like, well, uh -huh. who is this little dude that, that he's supposed to be in college? So the NCAA tournament comes up. And he playing the Detroit Mercy versus St. John's. My brother played on St. John's at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, all right, that's him. I was like, it got to be him because he's still a, you know, he's one of the shortest guys, but, you know, he can score. That's why sports talk is sports talk 23-19. That's how many points he scored in college and stuff like that. So yeah. he killed St. John's. He he, up, he got him on the upset in the first round, knocked, knocked my brother out and stuff like that pretty much. And, um, yeah, so I, <laughs> I have tremendous respect for him because of how he, how hard he works, how good he is and everything like that. And, um, you know, just a total respect for Detroit basketball too as well, you know. Um, right. Yeah, so, yeah, and, um. My co-host today, I got Brianna Bull from No Bull Podcast. And the reason why I got her here is because we met at Clubhouse, on Clubhouse. And um, like she was given so, so much um, dope basketball opinions. But 
like, you know, Clubhouse gets crazy and everybody kept over talking to her. And I'm like, all right, nah, I, I can't let this happen. And so I, I reached out to her and I asked her to to join me, you know what I mean, as a co-host on, on, on this podcast right here. So Bree, um, just uh, let everybody know who you are, what you do. Hi. Um, and like Daniel said, Clubhouse does get crazy. Like we'll go for eight hours just talking about basketball. It's yeah. really fun. But um, in so many different perspectives. Um, my name's Brianna Bull. Um, I went to high school in Owens Mills and I played on the team. Um, we ended up going to state championship my sophomore year. And then um, in college, I played Goucher um division three and then I transferred to Catholic my senior year there's a little story with that but I was um a defensive player year my junior year and I was first team all conference I averaged a double double 20 points and 11 rebounds so like basketball I would say basketball taught me how to love I'm really Mm -hmm. here to be around you beautiful women and get to talk about it oh that is all right, so let's get it started. Uh, yeah, so this is basically our season preview and, and um, you know, NBA predictions, uh, podcasts and stuff. So um, we'll just get right into it. So I just want to know from from Kate, uh, what, what are we expecting from from Zion Williamson his um, in his year two? Now that he has no minutes restriction, um, we've seen him in the preseason so far being real dominant, you know, um, and um, look like he's he's back in a little bit of, of better shape than he was last year. So like, well, what do you expect from him? Yeah, I mean, you said it, you said dominance, and that's kind of what I expect to see out of him in year two. I think a lot of what's going to propel him this season is not so many external factors going into this year. I mean, last year he walked into the season with an injury. Like you said, he was on a minute restriction. Um, and then he has the expectations of not only just being a rookie and kind of feeling his way through the league, but also being Zion Williamson and so many expectations going along with that. Um, and then you have people who talked about his weight and how that's going to transition. And so without all of those external factors around, I see this kid just flourishing throughout the year. Um, I think he could be a potential all-star, maybe not this coming year, but obviously definitely down the road. Um, but I'm just really excited about him playing this year and having a full season to play, hopefully, um, and what he can do on the court. But I, I just see him kind of having a breakout year. Okay. Tina? Of course, you know, it was a body blow last year uh, with that torn meniscus. But even though he had that torn meniscus, he only played 24 games, which he was pretty great at. Um, personally, 24 games, he still was working of the year. Uh <laughs> And regardless of anything, um, I'm looking for his diet and training regimen to make sure he stays at that 250. Um, so he just signed that deal with Jordan for about seven years, 75 million. So hopefully he can get a personal chef in that thing to kind of keep his nutritional meals at the level. Because when Zion is in perfect shape, I mean, that perimeter inside outside game, he's dominant at. Yeah. Um, Another thing is improving his right uh, on his right hand around the rim. If you look at the preseason games for the last couple of games, uh, Dom, I mean, excuse me, Zion is pretty dominant around the left side. Yeah, I need him. I need him operate off that right uh, wing, off that right low post, and I also need him to be on that right side of the basket because, technically speaking, you want to work in those things because in the playoffs they are built to work on your struggles. So he he needs to get on that, and of course his shot mechanics. Um, of course, he hits his perimeter shots and knocks them down available, but his shot mechanics look like it's too, shooting too flat. Um, and so um, those are just 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 at that. But if he can stay healthy, just like Kate said, he's going to have a breakout year. 
I look at him easily scoring and double fingers if he can do all of those. I can I can see him, you know, doubling points, doubling rebounds. Uh, of course, complimentary complimentary players around him, he'll do pretty well. Yeah, I I agree. I think that with with, with Zion, he he's going to be a beast, man. Okay, yeah. What you thinking, Bree? I was going to ask if you guys think that Zion needs to possibly make an extra pass sometimes. Do you feel like oh. he may struggle with that? I'm going to be biased. <laughs> I'm a low post player, man. If I get the ball and I'm knowing I'm shooting 50, 60% from the field down there, I think that um, I might have to take that shot. You know what I'm saying? But I understand where you're coming from, too. Sometimes he do get caught up. He do get caught up where he needs yeah. he needs to make but that extra extra pass, though. He do. I agree. I agree. A whole lot, but I think the only reason why he don't because you got Lonzo coming in wasn't being able to knock his shots down like that. Only person who was able to do that was Brandon. You see, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Now, and and Drew was too, but Drew, you know, he's half court creator, half court or well, two way defender. So I think that's probably why. But making the extra pass this year is definitely, oh yeah, he definitely has to do that. He can't be tunnel vision. Yeah, yeah it's like he because it's like once he catches the ball, he goes right in. He makes a quick yep. basket, which is yep. cool. If he gets that double team, though, I could see it could be an issue if he doesn't make that extra. Yeah, <laughs> and he's quick enough to make that extra pass. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I agree. I want to see him up as a sis. Um, I'm, I'm I'm interested in seeing how um Stan Van Gundy uses him. You know, um, I, I'm I'm interested in that to see how he can develop him because you know Stan Van Gundy, you know, helped develop Dwight Howard. You know, so I, I want to mm -hmm. see how that I want to see how that works. I'm I'm interested into seeing what he, he does in year two. I, I think um he's on the short list of being an all-star. He might not make it, but I think he might definitely have a chance. But think about it, he's popular too, though. So the I want to say he's a household yeah. name. So mm -hmm. I get him in. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of interested with Stan Gunny playing, kind of having more of an old school style of play. Yeah. Well, that translate as well. Because Zion's yeah. used to that with Coach K. I mean, he kind of has an old school style of play. So how will that work in Zion's favor? We'll yeah. be watching. Mm. Yeah. You're right, Kate. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's um let's talk about the impact of COVID-19 and basketball. You know, we had a shortened season, you know, we had the bubble situation and now we got, you know, this situation where in a couple of markets um they're allowing fans in, but most of the NBA um markets they're not going to allow fans in and stuff uh, actually cut in with the money. You know, we know that Giannis, you know, he signed the Supermax deal, which was like, you know, $228 million. If it wasn't for COVID with the, with the um when it affected the NBA's economy, it probably would have been more like $253, $257 million or whatever. So like, you know, just talk to us about, you know, the impact of the, the, the COVID in the NBA. Um, I think that they had, what, 46 players out of, of 20 out of 546 players tested positive and stuff. But um, I think now that since they started, you know, doing the testing, it was zero again. So just, you know, tell us the, the impact about it. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Bree. Uh, I was watching JaVel McGee's blog and just kind of seeing the, the real time of the COVID testing and had them having to get it done. Um, I could see how it could affect, mm. you know, just pregame rituals and just pregame things. But I mean, COVID-19 is a tricky one. It's When you say impact, I could just see it having an off-the-court impact, not really on the court. I haven't seen any difference. And I'm excited for the regular season, but I haven't seen it really impact. I don't I don't see it plays a big part mm. in their experience overall. Okay. Um, 
Whoever. I think if I can jump in, I think um, one of the ways it's going to impact the league this year is uh, depth. I mean, whose bench is going to be deep in order to with, I mean, it's inevitable that some players, some teams are going to have positive COVID-19 um, cases and not going to be able to play. So whose bench is going to be able to step up and fill the role of a guy who's might be a, a one of your main scorers who's out for the night. Um, and then especially just with the shortened season and, you know, so many more back-to-backs and things like that um, guys might get tired more quickly and not be able to fully rest in between um, games like they would when where there was the regular season schedule. So with so much uncertainty in that sense, I think teams benches are going to be tested a lot this year. Uh, I, I actually agree with Kate. One of the things I was just going to say, it's just the court, it's the ball and just your opponent. So you don't have the fans to be able to, to be there cheering you on. So you have a lot of breakout players that are taking, getting on the court and they're like, man, I, I mean, you got TJ Warren going and they're doing this thing. You see what I'm saying? Even in the bubble uh, in this past season. Yeah. So I think the, the, the fan has an effect to how players play, you know, also again, in development and training, you're used to in the off season because you had a short off season, let's say you're used to getting up 2000 shots a day. Now the season I came back around, how are you capable of getting those uh, shots up? So, so that's the biggest impact for me is actual development part of, of every basketball player and the mental aspect of not being able to have their families there. Mm. I, there. I, I agree with that one. Um, Cause I'm, I'm a big proponent of I, when I played, I played off, off energy of the crowd, whether it was home or the road, like I can take the right. positive, I can take the positive energy from the crowd when I'm playing at home and do my thing, or I can take the negative energy from the road players and be like, all right, we're gonna shut these fans up and get them up out of here. That means something a lot, you know what I mean? It shows a lot. It shows a lot. I I feel like if Jimmy Butler, when he had that game five, when they when um when they beat um the Lakers and he had like that forty point triple double, but he was really tired leaning over the stanchion or whatever. I think that if the fans was there, because that would have been a home game for them, right. I don't think that he wouldn't have been tired. I think that maybe Miami wins that game because of the energy push from those fans. It really, that that second adrenaline rush, you know, it, it really matters. But also, those quiet gems be a shooter's paradise. You know? Yes. You know, and, and guys like Steph Curry, man, like I feel like, you know, Golden State going to really benefit from, from well, Steph Curry is going to really benefit from having a quiet gym where he could just, you know, see nothing but but the ball in the rim and stuff like that but then some some players it might uh, might affect their depth perception too as well where they're like behind the backboard you don't see that 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 crowd you just you see glass and stuff like that in seats or whatever so it's a it's a it's a bunch of things some some players you know is going to have to really dig deep mentally and try to find that that second gear you know what i mean some you know what i mean so i think that with the, the impact of covid you know like um it, 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 it takes it takes a lot of the fun out of it, really, honestly, because, you know, I want to see the Lakers get that they get their ring in front of their fans and stuff like that. Like when they celebrated with the championship last well, this past couple, couple months ago, you know, you wanted to see, you know, them, you know, really just have that 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 fan love right there. But, you know, it, it, it's all good. I'm, I'm expecting really cool season. Um, You know, I, I got. I got some dope predictions I can't wait to get into with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with the, from the financial side though, it definitely hurts a lot of um, players. You know what I mean? Some, someone's going to lose a, a lot of money and stuff like that. Um, teams losing money, 
you know, so, um, you know, players, they, and um, as far as like the testing, you know, players got to be responsible for themselves. Actually, I think that they should really like, you know, I know they want to go to these cities and have a little bit of fun, but I think that this year should just be all business and, um, you know, teams should just really focus in because, you know, there's nowhere to go. You know what I'm saying? I understand, you know, these players is young and, you know, they want to be around, you know, certain type of atmospheres and stuff like that and willing to risk their season. It hurt the Houston Rockets. You know, from that from 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 that standpoint, you know what I mean. So I just really hope the players self police themselves. That's just my opinion on that. Um, I will say, with yeah. the way the NBA handled the bubble mm-hmm. and how successful that was, I mean, I feel like there it's inevitable that there will be a, a couple breakout cases and and teams having to reschedule games and things like that. But I think the way the NBA handled the bubble. Um, and the protocols that they put in place so far, I think they're going to be one of the more successful leagues when they do open the season and, and end up traveling and things like that. I think they'll be able to handle whatever adversity is kind of thrown at them yeah. with COVID and with players not being available and teams not being able to travel, things like that. Um, I just think a lot of what they did in the bubble was so positive that they can take some of that at least, some and some of the things they learned from that and apply it to this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the protocols is actually having what they they're releasing the schedule and um what half and half, right? Something like that. They they did like they split yeah. the schedules up. So that's that's cool. Um the NBA, the NBA always get it right. I, I actually think that when it starts, I think that's gonna be less than 20 um COVID, um COVID cases during the NBA season. I don't think that's gonna blow up and stuff like that. So and I hope that, you know what I mean? I hope I hope not, but I, I think that the number is gonna be really low. That's my opinion on that. <laughs> I hope you're right. Yeah. So let's move on to to talk about James Harden real quick. Uh, let's talk about his future in Houston. Uh, do you think, Justina, that he's going to last the entire season? No. Um, I don't see – I see that he's gone. Um, but what I can say is to the Nets and the Heat, nada. Um, one of the reasons why I say that is because James is a franchise player. Mm-hmm. So when you're giving up a franchise player of dominancy of your of your organization, you're gonna want something in return. Mm-hmm. Nets and Heats don't have anything to give to him, especially not a whole chunk because KD or Kyrie gonna have to go, or Jimmy or somebody's gonna have to go from the Heat, or they're gonna have to put a package. So I just can't see that. Now for the Boston or Raptors, if it was to go out there, I can see a Jalen Brown or Pascal Siakam in those talks to kind of get them that way. But for as the Nets and the Heats, no, but he is definitely for sure leaving this season. Bree? Yeah, I think he's going to stay in the West if he were to leave. I could see him. I, when they was playing against the Spurs, I started getting ideas, right? Like him, okay. Aldridge. Like, I, don't know, I, I would like that. I would like to see that because the, the Spurs are a low-scoring team right now. I don't really see them. I mean, they got Rosen, but I just don't, I see that they're missing that franchise player like Justin was talking about. So that if, if he were to go somewhere, it would be nice for him to stay in the West and then go under Pop. I could see him being developed through there, his style of play. Um, right. Doc ain't taking – I mean, he's hopping, taking no crap. <laughs> nah, I, and I don't think Harden would give him it either. Like, No, no, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I think he would uh, – yeah, I think he would be okay uh, to that. I could see him. I, I agree with, with both of you guys that he's not going to be there um, at the end of the season. I could see him possibly going to Philly. I think that's one spot. I think the whole okay. Daryl connection yeah. is something that, I mean, um, works in favor of James and for Philly. I mean, the fact that they've been together for so long. Um, but again, 
like both of you guys said, it's like, what do you give up for someone like James? I mean, it would, I, I think it'd be kind of insane to give up Simmons and two first round, three first round draft picks next year for a guy who's kind of disgruntled and unhappy and, and wants out of an organization, you know, who knows once he gets to your place, is he going to feel the same way? Is he going to get there and things aren't going to work after a year and all of a sudden he wants out again. So you kind of need to be careful in what you're giving and then also understanding what you're receiving. Like, yes, James Harden is a franchise player and any team would be lucky to have him on their roster, but know what you're walking into with him, mm -hmm. especially with all the reports that have come out in the last six not even six months, last couple months of, you know, it's kind of James's way or the highway and James mm -hmm. traveling in, on his own and partying in between games and series like that. So I think teams need to take that into consideration a lot too. Not, not so much what they're going to be giving up um, to get that. But I think, um, yeah, like Tina said, like the package, whatever you're going to package up has to be a massive thing in order to get your value um, back. But yeah. also if he were, I mean, I wouldn't be totally shocked if he stayed the whole season in Houston. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at Houston going forward, I mean, the most valuable asset next year might be the first or second pick in the draft. So maybe you keep Harden until, you know, you find out which team has that and deal him later, later on. That's yeah. another option, probably unlikely, um, but not off the board. Yeah, I think. I think that James Harden, I think that the Philly is the best stop for him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It mm -hmm. depends on what Philly willing to give up. You know what I mean? Like, cause they, they got three guys making like almost $30 million, you know? Um, the only way I give up those draft picks like that, like if it was for Ben Simmons, of course you got to give up a draft pick cause you're giving away James Harden. So I'll give up one for Ben Simmons. I wouldn't want to trade Ben Simmons personally. I'm Me going to, to Tobias Me Harris. You know what I mean? I love you, Tobias. You know, my fellow New York native. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I will make that trade. That trade will benefit Philly more than, you know, giving up, you know, um, Ben Simmons for for for, uh, for for James Harden. You know what I mean? So because let's try to, you, gotta, got ben, you got Ben, you got James, and you got Embiid. Yeah. That's pretty dangerous right there. I, 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 don't, I don't think Brooklyn... I don't think Brooklyn um, needs him. I think Bro Brooklyn is set. I mean, if Brooklyn get him, then of course, you know what I mean. It, it, yeah, well, you, get <laughs> you just get richer. But I don't. I don't think Brooklyn need him. Brooklyn's going to be dangerous by themselves. And um, you know, speaking of Brooklyn, you know, mm -hmm. talk about Katie and Kyrie real quick. Just, just real quick, and uh, we'll start with Bree first. Um, you know, they they already both won their own championships separately. You know, now they're on the same team together. So, do you think that they have enough to actually um? lead uh Brooklyn to their first NBA title without actually giving your finals prediction. Yeah, I'm glad you said lead because I think that's going to be the the biggest thing is leadership. Like I seen uh Kevin Durant take like Abaka under his wing and be, you know, uh, okay with him in one-on-one intimate setting, but I mean leading the team, I think that's and then we have Kyrie. I see him, I'm seeing him dribble a lot of one-on-ones. Like I could see him making plays with KD put in place, but I, I don't really know if winning, I mean obviously winning, but for Kyrie, is he taking it as serious as he could be taking it? That's okay. my question when I watch him play. Um and so it, it leadership, I don't think they'll be able to. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like it. Come on, come on, Bree. <laughs> Justina, go ahead. Um, of course, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with you, Bree. Um, offensively, they're just going to hunt. They got elite scorers, elite shooters, and but one thing I want to ask you all is Kyrie ball dominant to you all? 
Yeah. Yes. 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 Then you ball dominant. Okay. So he is the only one that's really most ball dominant out of all of them. So what's your elite scores, your shooters? Um, I think they're going to be able to, you know, transcend all of their skill sets together and transition everything to be able to uh, hunt. That's it. Defensively, that's my worries. That's my biggest worries about Brooklyn right now. Um, besides Jeff Green and Prince, they don't have any other wing defenders to me. Interior, interiorly, I don't like Jordan for the role. I like Allen. That's my preference. Mm. Why is because I heard Nash would be using KD at the four, possibly five. So with Allen there, he has that vertical and that wingspan to be able to pack the lane in the interior. And that's just as much as they're going to be able to get, especially with uh, Jeff Green out on the wing um, and Prince as well as being at three and D. Um, so with what I think should have possibly happened is I know DeAndre Jordan is their friend. I know. But Ibaka or maybe Christian Wood would have fit better in that preference to me as well as having Allen. And it, it would have been a little bit, they would have complimented each other better. Ooh, good point, good point, good point. Go ahead, Kate. Yeah, defense was one of my concerns as well. I mean, I think KD in the past has been a pretty solid defender, but now coming off an injury and as serious an injury as this, like how is he going to play on the defensive end moving forward? Is he going to be timid at all? Is he going to, you know, um, kind of want to protect that injury and not play quite as hard on the defensive end? And then, Tina, like you said, like some of the guys around him, their wing defenders aren't great. Um, so I think that's their biggest Achilles heel this right. year. Um, and then like Bree, you said, I think they're going to be as good as the locker room will allow them to. I mean, how all of these superstars get along um, together and kind of come together as one cohesive unit, because we know they can all play and they can all ISO and go one-on-one -on -one and things like that. But how do they play together um, really cohesively. And then how do they gel off the court too? I mean, there's, and I, I haven't reported specifically on Kyrie. And so I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of what's gone on with him in the past, but there's been a locker room with issues with him in the past and him, you know, being not the best leader. And he's someone who on this team, he needs to be a leader. So what's all that going to look like? Um, I would love to see it all come together and work perfectly, but the odds of that all happening is, Probably 50-50, but if it does, they're going to be they're going to be pretty special and they're going to be pretty hard to beat. <laughs> Was this yeah. a good time for them to bring on Nash, or should they have waited? Ooh, <laughs> I think it's a good time. Okay, I think with with Katie coming back, you know, they're kind. Of, this is the start officially. Yeah, where it's fresh for these players, it's fresh for Nash. Good mm -hmm. start moving forward. But it looks like Tina disagrees with me. <laughs> no, no, actually, I agree. That was a great question. That was a great question. That was a great question. With Steve Nash, they, they their coach, their coaching staff strategy is going to be so different this year. You know what I mean? And it is about time, actually, to have, you know, listen, these players are really good. You know, they really, they really study the game of basketball. I really think that they, however, they're going to have this community coaching atmosphere. I think it really works to see, you know, KD pick up the clipboard, Kyrie pick up the clipboard, then Nash, then they bouncing ideas off each other. I really think that's kind of awesome how, how it's going to work. Um, another point that y'all talked about with, with um, DeAndre Jordan, I also think that Kyrie and Katie have bad management skills um, as far as like being team general managers and stuff like that. We're wanting okay. you know, DeAndre okay. Jordan on the team to actually start over Jared Allen. I don't like that. 
You know, I think that um, Jared Allen's younger. He's better. You know, DeAndre Jordan um, can definitely help off the bench with his with his skills, with his skill set. But I think that with with Jared Allen, you got somebody that can run the floor with them. You know, mm-hmm. um, DeAndre Jordan, he used to be a really good rim protector, but he kind of fell off a little bit. He actually fell off defensively a lot, too, to be honest. If we're just being honest here, you know, um, so. I'm I'm actually interesting interested how on how that is going to work because Jared Allen he's going to just keep on being Jared Allen keep on getting better but he has to start you know and I hope that Katie and Kyrie you know really understands that and let and actually let Nash too take the reins sometime at, at, as well you know what I mean and as far as Kyrie and KD they're not natural leaders you know what I mean um they Kyrie tried he tried to lead but he can't. You know, he can't he can't do it like how LeBron do these these like these um like LeBron must have a psychology degree that we don't know about, you know, what I mean to to gather players up and stuff. And Kyrie, his way is is totally different. Like when it don't go his way, he pout and stuff like that. But also Kyrie's misunderstood too as well. And Katie, he mm-hmm. just wanna play basketball. Katie don't really care about it. Yeah, he don't really care about basketball yeah. more, more lead by example type of guy. And um, you know, but I think that the situation how as the Nets will go as far as Katie and Kyrie's uncomfortable conversations. If somebody's, if one of the two superstars is messing up, they got to be able to get on each other without taking it personal. So I think it'll go as far as, as that, because like, you know, some, sometimes you got to have that conversation. Yo, Kyrie, you shooting too much, man. You know what I mean? Uh, um, you know, Kyrie's LeVert open and, and, uh, you know, throw some more lobs to Jared Allen and stuff like that, you know, and, and then Kyrie got to be able to say to say, hey, Katie, you know, um, you know, pick it up. You know, you was looking, you was moving real slow laterally during the preseason, right. like, like that. You know what I mean? Just, they got to be able to have those conversations with respect with one another. And I think that's how, you know, Brooklyn can, can go far and stuff like that. I mean, it has an opportunity to, to win a title, but, you know, we'll get into that uh, further on down this road at, on, on this on this podcast, stuff like that. So actually speaking about that, let's just get into it too right now. Um... Who's going to win Rookie of the Year this year? We got um like you know players like Lamelo Ball, James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Obi Toppin, Denny Avdia, which is my dark horse, and <laughs> which is my dark horse, and Cole Anthony too as well, which I think is the steal of this draft. But also, I know twenty three nineteen sports talk is here for a reason. They actually studied a lot of these players. There's players that I even missed. That you know, that's probably on their mind. And um, you know, Kate, you hosted the draft show, so we're gonna start with you. So, give us your opinion on Rookie of the Year. Um, I go back and forth on this one a lot. Right now, I think it's gonna be Lon, uh, Lonto, Lamelo. Okay. Um, I love okay. what he's done in the preseason. This, I mean, he's been a highlight reel already in his first couple of games. Um, he's gonna get a ton of playing time. Uh, he's on a team that likely will make the playoffs this year, I think. Um, and he's going to get a ton of touches, really develop his passing game to an NBA level. And I mean, he's got the name and, and he's got the, the star power in terms of the flashiness of his passes and what he can do offensively with the ball. Um, mm-hmm. that I think he will end up being rookie of the year. Someone I think that you didn't mention, but I think is could be in the conversation. I don't think he's going to end up winning at all, but I love Patrick Williams with Chicago. I love what he's done so far. I think he's going to fit really well um, into their lineup. So far, he's he just looks so calm and collected on the court. He plays, he doesn't play slow, but he plays like in control and within himself 
and he, he makes all the right plays. And I think he's going to be really impactful for the Bulls from the start. Mm-hmm. Does that translate to being a top rookie this year? Who knows? But I think he'll be definitely someone to watch down the stretch. I think before I let you go, Justina, we, uh, I think Patrick, you know, Patrick Williams, and I'm so mad I forgot about I forgot his name. He um he never started in high school. He never started in college. He's going to start in the NBA this year. You know um this he's more of a great fit than anything with 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 what the Bulls got. You know what I mean you know he can play without the ball. He actually you know obviously like I said before like I just said he he never started so he knows how to to play you know a role and everything. So I think that Patrick Williams he definitely he's definitely going to get up there too. And I forgot and I forgot to mention Isaac Okoro too as well. Another another solid role guy in, in in this draft too. This draft reminds me of the draft that my brother was in 1999. No like crazy star star talent or whatever, but definitely a lot of role players, a lot of cogs that you could put in on certain teams and and um to to win a championship whether it's soon or later on down the road. So yeah, Justina, who's your NBA rookie of the year pick? Now- I on Twitter on Twitter about maybe a few months ago, I called this draft the glue guys because yeah. every last person that was drafted was was a glue guy. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I said one of those is because my NBA Rookie of the Year prediction is of course Mr. Cole Anthony. Um Cole Anthony, if you've seen his preseason games so far, I'm not gonna even worry about college because college wasn't even for him. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Yeah. His feel for the NBA game, his pace, his read, his vision, he can create off the dribble. The roster structure in Orlando is going to allow him to transcend his game to do whatever he wants to do. Markel, what they wanted from Markel, they're not going to get, but they're going to get if they move Markel and give it to Cole. Mm -hmm. Because Cole has it. He he has it, y'all. Why I pick Cole is I, I feel like it's a struggle for rookies when they're already going into teams that they are maybe a third or fourth guy. Well, I, mm-hmm. I, I say that to say this, Obi Topin with Knicks. I had him going. What happened with Obi Topin is I, you got Julius Randle, you got RJ Barrett, you got tunnel vision guys. That ain't going to work when it comes to playing the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Jordan Nawara out of Louisville to actually with the Bucks. I would love to see him flourish, but he's with the Bucks. So you got Giannis, you got Augustine, you got uh, Drew Holiday. Um, and then we can go Isaac Okoro. You still got Kevin. You still got um, uh, the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton. So how are they fully able to maximize their game with all of those players that's still around them? I hear. I see what you get. So, at. so that's why I decided to pick Cole Anthony because the roster structure will allow him to work out more. Great. Um, I think Cole Anthony is a great point out. He does dribble the ball a little bit too much for my liking, but what he does <laughs> with him and Gordon, I think that's a great combo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um I did like how Wiseman was performing in for oh, yeah. Golden State. Yeah. I think he's a great feeling if you're talking about like filling the shoes of Draymond Green. So like I definitely he was definitely just someone that caught my eye. Um, but then of course Lamelo. Um, <laughs> no, nah, like he, I mean, I mean, if we're talking about, if we're talking about talent, right? Like that, right. he's talented. He's definitely been, he's been showing off in a way that it's like, I would down to the wire, choose him to make, take the shot for me if I needed him to. Oh, um, no way. <laughs> really? I mean, I would, I would let him do it. I would let him do it. I would at least let him catch the ball and see what he do. Like, I, he I'd, rather, I'd rather LaMelo. When he get the ball, um, make the game winning play 
but not as a shot. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, okay. <laughs> the game winning shot. I think I think Lamelo he has a chance to be like the first rookie to win NBA Rookie of the Year without scoring over ten points a game. I just think that he's just he's just um he's just so special passing like that. Yeah. And remember, like yeah. when when they had the the show when he's playing basketball in Lithuania. You know how he was how silly he was acting in high school and stuff. Like yeah. I didn't see him maturing his game like this at all. Like he really matured his game a lot, and now he's six foot eight. That's that's I mean the stuff that he's doing this preseason so far is really good. It, he's so good with his passing now. I, I didn't even know he was shooting one for ten in games. I was just like I was just so amazed with his passing, and I'm like, and that's why that's the main reason why right there. Yeah. I look at his numbers. I'm like, oh no 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 no, he got to get his offense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like his passing is his passing is there. You know what I mean? But um, my pick. For for NBA Rookie of the Year, I'm gonna just go with my dark horse, man. I'm gonna go with Denny Avdia, man. You know, <laughs> you know? I gotta go with him because he he's just been special this preseason, and he got we got Westbrook. You know, Westbrook is that intense guy and stuff like that, and I, I kind of feel like that's gonna rub off on that whole Wizards team. You know, what I mean, I think the Wizards might actually overachieve a little bit this year, so that's my pick. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Brianna's uh DMV boys. Washington Wizards is up. <laughs> hey, hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I like Denny. I like Denny. And then he dropped a lot in the draft. People thought he would go a lot higher. So maybe he's playing with a little extra chip on his shoulder this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Kate. I like it. I like it. And baby, what's the thing is, I got, they got Cassius too. Of course, I got to call my boy out. My two favorite girls coming in this league is, of course, Cole Anthony and Mr. Cassius Winston. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting until Scott Brooks to let him go. Just let him go. Let him play. And you're going to see what you're going to get out of Cassius because that, he, that he's my dark horse, uh, 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 Ron. I mean, uh, Daniel. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> hey, I, I you and your brother, man. Yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Listen, it happens almost it happens almost twice a week, so don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> okay, trust me. I'm th- it's been going on for like like 38 years. I'm 38 years old, so it's been like that for even my parents. So <laughs> all right, okay. so the NBA, we're gonna talk about the NBA defensive player of the year, which is it's a short award, I think. Uh, honestly, it's between Anthony Davis, Giannis, Ben Simmons, and um Will oh man, Rudy Gobert. Oh, and oh, Bam Adebayo too as well. I think he's on this. I think he's on the short list of that too as well. So, um, we'll start with 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 um Bree. You know, what I mean, who's your pick for NBA Defensive Player of the Year? Hmm. I haven't seen too much defense in the preseason. Hmm. Um, hmm. There's never no defense in the preseason. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. Are we because we're in deep in preseason, or is the game changing? That was a conversation we were having a lot. Yeah, yeah, the game, the game is definitely changing. It's not going to be as, as as physical and stuff like that because you know the NBA, you know, all these players are making so much money now that they don't want nobody getting hurt. And they don't want the game ugly. They want the game to be in the high hundred and forties and stuff like that. So, yeah, the game is the game is definitely different. But you know, obviously, we know that um, Giannis won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Um, you know what I mean? So I guess you could roll with him as the incumbent, or or you know Ben Simmons, underrated um Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You know, um, AD, everybody thought that he should have won it. And Justina, you said Bam. So, like, you know, who's your pick? I'm going with Bam. I'm going with my boy Bam. <laughs> um, I'm going. I, I, that, that Miami Heat team, that structure, Mr. Pat knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and I and I love the Miami Heat team. So, I, I, I'm going with my boy Bam. <laughs> okay. I'm going with either Simmons or AD. Okay. Both those yeah. guys have the 
tangibles to get it done on the defensive end on a night in and night out basis where I think they'll be pretty consistent on that end of the floor. And uh, I think it could be one of the two of those guys. Hmm. I guess my pick, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Rudy. I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert. I'm going to put some pressure on him. You just signed a big deal that nobody liked. I liked it. You I met, like it. You met I the like criteria, it. so you deserve to get what you're supposed to get. You know what I'm saying? But I'm Everybody Rudy Gobert, man. Though, hey. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go with Rudy Gobert, man. He, he just got the big deal, so he got to put, he got to show it. He got to show why he got five years, $205 million, you know, so I, I'm, I'm expecting him to have um, a big a big year defensively and stuff, you know. And um, Utah, as a team, actually, they just they need another scorer with Donovan Mitchell. They do. You know? They do. Like, I wish they had the Atlanta um, Bogdanovich guy. That would have been nice, you know what I'm saying, you know, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Utah, they still they they always lacking a, a second a second high scoring person. Or even with Carl Malone and um John Stockton there, they always missing some. They always missing one piece. <laughs> but yeah, right. okay. talk about the NBA six man. We got players like Montrez Harrell, Jordan Clarkson. Um, um, I got three dark horses actually. And this one, I got Shake Milton as one, uh, Gallinari as one, and Norman Powell, which nobody really talks about as the other one. So, um, you, you know, y'all might have different players and stuff. So we'll start with you, Kate, for your NBA six man of the year uh, preseason. Prediction. I do. I didn't think of this one, but I do like Gallinari. I think he could, he could be a guy that fits into that spot this year. Um, Montrose Harold, he's with the Lakers now, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I could see him coming off the bench and adding some value there. I'll go with Harold. I kind of actually am talking myself into that right now, but I like that. <laughs> uh, oh, did you see Bree? Oh, you said yes. just. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I can see my boy Lou doing okay. I mean, Ooh, coming okay. out, of course. Lou is always a good pick. Um, I don't. You know who, oh, okay. You know who I actually love watch playing? I love watching J.J. Reddick play. I really do. I could see him being a six-man player of the year just with his consistency on being able to, like, his shot selection is definitely my favorite. Um, he's definitely mm -hmm. going to help his team along. Um, That's an interesting, interesting pick right there. That was, that was something that was not on the list. <laughs> uh, Tina? If didn't. If Dennis Schroeder doesn't start for the Lakers, I'm going with Dennis. Mm. That's a good call. I like that. That's a good call. I think he should start though, man. I really do. You know, yeah. and um, man, do you do you do? Okay, um, I want to ask you just this question. This question for you. Do you think that the Lakers um, made some mistakes this offseason by letting Rondo go, letting some of their size go, and Javale McGee and Dwight Howard? You think they should have brought one of them back? Because, you know, Marcus Gasol is 35, you know? I kind of like what they did. I think Schroeder's going to be a key to their offense this year. And as much as I would love him to win sixth man of the year for Tina, so, I mean, she looks great at the end of the season, but I think he'll start. I think I like what they did. I think mm -hmm. letting Rondo go um, with his age, bringing someone a little younger in to run your offense, um, I think that was a good move. Although I do, with the height, I mean – the Lakers kind of went against the grain in terms of like 
playing small ball they in terms of them not doing that last year and so teams are kind of looking at the Lakers like okay well you won a championship with all these big guys kind of like back in the day do we need to adjust our roster to have more for our front court to be better things like that so that will be interesting to see um I don't necessarily think it was a mistake I kind of like what they did but I can see where people um might wonder why you would make some of those changes Mm. What if even if Dennis starts, I'm still riding with Dennis or Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I've been riding with Taylor actually coming out of Iowa, um, Iowa State. But most importantly, um, when he was playing in the G League last year, I felt that like he shouldn't have been there at all. He had already showed them glimpse of 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 what he can do. So if they got Taylor coming off the bench. Oh, Taylor about to he about to, he about to come do what Lou do. He about to come do you do what Lou, Lou Williams do. Um, I agree with you in the sense though, Daniel, with the the the, the Mark Gasol because of the age. I think one of the reasons why they got him though is because of his ability to to be an elite passer. Mm, yeah, they don't put it don't bring that much pressure for LeBron because now LeBron can play off the ball now. And still be dominant. That's how I'm looking at it. Mm. You don't have to have the you don't have to have the ball in his hands 90% of the time. I felt like last year he kind of had to. You see what I'm saying? Because they had yeah. to have that in and out game. But this year he doesn't. He got Dennis. You still got um Mark, uh, uh, Mark uh, and then AD don't even have to be stuck to the perimeter. I mean, don't have to be stuck in the interior no more. He can play on the perimeter if he wants. Yeah, I, I, so I, I want AD, so I want AD in the post though. <laughs> Yeah, it's so many options. So I agree with you. I would have brought somebody back. I would have brought. I would have brought Dwight back. I think. I think. I think. Honestly, if I if I would have had between Dwight and Javel McGee, I probably would have brought Javel back over Dwight. For some reason, I don't know. Listen, they kept Jared Dudley over Dwight. So something that was interesting too. You know, it's like yeah. you know that locker room. That locker room presence really matters. You know. Um, but yeah, we, we shall we shall see. Let's talk about the um, NBA Most Improved Players. Some couple of players in there. I got well. On my list was, you know, players like Darius Baisley um, from OKC, DeAndre Ayton, which should have he should have an amazing season this year with Chris Paul there now. Michael Porter Jr., Shea Gilders Alexander, uh, Marvin Bagley, OG Ananubi. Um, so I know y'all probably have different players like before. So we'll start with you, Bree. Um, who's your pick for most improved player? Um Oh, that's this one tough. I ain't even looking. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to. You know, Brandon Ingram definitely is a great choice. He won it um, last year. I think he won it last year. He won last year, I think. He won it last year. So, yeah, I don't think he can win again. There's never been a repeat one. That's even true. though my pick was Siakam last year to repeat, actually, as most improved. But he has a little fall off. But, um, yeah. Um, hmm. But this year, that's a hard one. Uh-huh. Because every there's a lot. There's a lot. It's just so many people coming to my head. Mm-hmm. You look like you ready to punt this one. Yeah. <laughs> so when you pick, I got you. I got you. I hear you. I hear you. I'll pick for you when it's my time to pick. I'll pick one for you. All right, Justina, let's go. Oh, God, Lord. <laughs> I'm going with Joe Harris. Dang. Okay. He 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 done he done got the uh the 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 uh the contract. So now we're going to see what you made of. Are you going to rise above? Are you going to rise above it? So I'm going with Joe Harris from Brooklyn. 
I left the hot take part out. I didn't want to do no hot take. I was, I, I was going to compete, but okay, like you, you did that. That was you right there. <laughs> go ahead, Kate. <laughs> I'm going to go with Michael Porter Jr. if he can figure it out on the defensive end. I think if he put, if he gets defense going in his game, if he can focus on that um, and take a step forward on that side of the ball, I think he could be most improved player of the year. I think offensively, he's fantastic. Um, we saw him in the bubble flourish a little bit. So if he can carry that into the start of this season um, and then again, really lock in defensively, I think he's a good pick. Mm. I agree, Kate. Cause uh, that, that uh, Michael Porter Jr. can do that. They three, they got Joe Kitch. Yeah. Murray. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be dangerous. Yeah. My pick is, my, my pick is Zion Williamson. No <laughs> minutes restriction. You know what I'm saying? I hopefully, can see it. I definitely can healthy. See it. I yeah. think that, He's unstoppable. <laughs> I'm sorry. We he have, is. He's he unstoppable. Is. You know, um, I do want him to get his rebounds up a little bit, but I love your point on Michael Porter Jr. It's like you have to play him because he's so good offensively, but mm-hmm. he got to play defense. You, you want him on the championship, you got to play defense. Uh, yeah. in. And Michael Porter Jr. is that that small forward. that the, I always thought that the Denver Nuggets was a small forward away from winning the title anyway. The team is so solid. They got a solid bench. They got a great start in four. You know what I mean? But... Now, you know, they need that small forward. Like, I was thinking that when LeBron signed with the Lakers, I'm like, LeBron, you should go to Denver. You know, I was like, Kawhi, go to Denver. Somebody, one of you small forwards, DeMar DeRozan, somebody go to Denver, please. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. <laughs> Hell that yeah, is, that makes sense. That, team is that makes set. sense. That team is set right there, you know? But um, I, li- I like that, Michael. I'm going to go with Zion, but I think that um, I will, I will say – depending on Zion's injury history and, and, but Michael Porter has an injury history too as well. But um, like you said, Michael Porter defense, if you step his defense up, his offense is there. 6'11 can, can do whatever he want to do with the ball. Remember coming out of high school, he was projected the next Kevin Durant. So Mm -hmm. I I love that pick, but I go with Zion, but Michael Porter, he's on that list too. I think I'm gonna go with, yeah, Zion and and MPJ. Cole, Cole most improved players of the year right there. Because they both That that talent, talent, man, is the talent is a lot. Somebody who's starting to stand out to me now that I'm thinking more about it, Oubre. I could see Mm -hmm. Oubre being a most improved player. And and that's how he, I mean, how they're going to utilize him. He's left-handed. And I think, you know, being left-handed, I really do think that's a hard person Mm -hmm. to guard in general. And then how he's going to be affected. Yeah, he's coming off the screen really well with the Warriors, right? Mm -hmm. So, and that's what they needed. They needed someone that was going to be as good as Clay. And I, I could see him being that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I that's, agree. That's a that's a good pick. Um, I think Kelly Oubre is definitely going to get some consideration because the office is going to is, is going to um definitely be a lot on his side now. Cause that you know Clay Clay is not there. They need somebody to shoot. They need somebody to. He's to more explosive. Than, yeah. yeah, he's more explosive than Clay, and his defense isn't bad. He's solid. He's solid. All right, so let's move on to the. NBA MVP award. We got players like LeBron, Luca, Giannis, mm. Steph mm. Curry, Steph Curry, who's my dark horse. Mm. Okay, Anthony really? Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis, KD, Kawhi. I'm gonna put Chris Paul on the list because he needs to be on the list. I don't care. He makes teams better. So I'm gonna put Chris Paul on the list. And Dame Lillard, which everybody, a lot of people think that he's gonna win it this year. So yes, that yes. was mine as well. I think Dame's gonna win it. Bree, um, let's start with you. Yeah, to go with the Damian Lillard, I thought about that at first. Me but then too. I'm, just, yeah, I'm not a huge CJ McCullough fan, and I think he holds that team back a lot. I'm not going to lie. They, to me, they recruit well, 
But I just, Dame, if, if it wasn't no Dame, it wouldn't be the Blazers. And they're, I mean, their roster's solid, but they would have to win a lot in order for Dame to be even considered. So that's my only holdback. Um, as far as, hmm, I don't know. For <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't want to give it to Anthony Davis, but if he were to get MVP over LeBron, I could see Anthony Davis because he's averaging, he's doing just as well. He's averaging out of all the categories for the Lakers. He's five. He's hitting five, uh, four out of the five. Only thing he's not keeping up with LeBron with is assist. So I could yeah. see him. Yeah. Oh, so I could just see him being, I could see him being an MVP contender. Uh, I like Dame. Yeah. I think he's yeah. going to have a good year. I think he's got I, I a good supporting cast where he's going to get his numbers and he's going to um, stand out in that way. He doesn't have anyone to kind of share that, that scoring with, the spotlight with. So I think that uh, bodes well for him. I would love to see Luca win MVP. Um, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I'm not sure they're going to be good enough, but I would love to see that. I also don't really think Giannis is going to win three times in a row. I mean, that's pretty hard. I don't think they're going to shoot him again. Um, so I'm going to go with Dame. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tina. I'm going with Luca. Luca. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going with Lucas because he going, he has the numbers and he has the media on his side. Media so I'm going with Luca. He don't have mm -hmm. the rest though. He don't have the rest on his side. Mm. The, refs, the refs don't call anything for him. I, have to there. I think uh, I think Luca could uh, possibly win that um that MVP. It depends on how he bounced from this injury. Remember, he hurt himself. You know. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we guys got to see how he bounces back. Yeah. LeBron is always going to be in the top three, but mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I want it to be his year, but I'm not. I'm not going to do that this year. Um, you got. I'm gonna go with my dog horse. I'm gonna go with Steph Curry this year. Hmm. I think that if I like if, it, but it's a condition, yeah. condition, conditions, obviously, because that you know they don't got no clay. Conditions on if they get a top four pick. I mean, a top four seeding in this year's playoffs. You know what I mean? I, I can see Steph Curry. He's gonna put up a lot of numbers. He's gonna put up a lot of numbers. You know what I mean? But um, also as far as like the actual MVP, I, I, they're not gonna give it to Giannis. Three years in a row. I think that with Luca depends on another condition with Luca. Um, as far as his team, how Porzingis is going to bounce back because they need Porzingis. You know what I mean? So it just depends on how good Dallas is. Luca's going to do his thing. But yeah, I guess I guess I have to go with. I'm not. I'm not really big on Dame Lillard like that. Man, I like him, but I just feel like sometimes, like I just feel like sometimes, like when when it, when it comes down to it, yeah, he'll hit, he'll hit like some big shots and stuff like that. But it'd be like that one play they need sometime and he don't come through. So I've always been like a little bit um not so bullish on Dame, but they got the right team this year, like you said, Kate. The right supporting cast. I think the Robert Covington pick is actually really dope. Um, they finally got they got all the size, they got the big men ready. They got so I think that Dame we get the wins and he get them to a, a top three, two seeding or whatever in his playoffs, he's gonna be that MVP. So yeah, I will go with Dame as uh my NBA MVP this year. I will. All right, so so. Who's going to win the West this year? Who's going to win the West? Um, go ahead, uh, Justina. I'm going with the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's going to be everybody. Is that everybody's pick? That's not my pick. They're my, they're my number Who's one. Who's that pick, Kate? 
<laughs> I'm going with the Clippers. I think they're going to figure it out this year. Whoa. I think they're going to figure it out this year. I think they, they weren't, they're not a team that's made for the bubble. That was, they, I don't think they have the mental fortitude to be playing in that bubble situation, but I think being back to a regular season, a regular schedule, I love Serge Ibaka back with Kawhi. Um, oh, so yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of going off the beat. I mean, I wouldn't disagree with the Lakers winning the West, but to differentiate a little, I think the Clippers, I'm going to, I'm going to take them. I think they got a shot. Three. Um, I mean, I have Lakers number one for sure, but I think the Grizzlies could sneak something in there. No, then- don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> They're not ready. Really? <laughs> no way. You know, we're going to get it. You know what I'm all right, look. Wait, why the way? I get it. John Moran's a handsome guy, but come on, man. No, no way. <laughs> like Grayson Allen, they have he has a special place in my heart. So like <laughs> no. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. They're not doing bad. They're not, they're, they, they, they're gonna be good, but they got it's too many, it's too many, it's, it's too many up there, man. It's too many teams. No way. That should be see, I knew I should have added a hot take. I should have added a hot take sex section. Um okay. Well, I know, but no, this I could see the Suns doing something too. But D Booker got to play better defense. That's that's my biggest thing. LeBron was killing him. Like, I mean, I know it's LeBron, but anybody could kill D Booker in my opinion. So you, you know what? Now you're not the first person. Yo, I heard listen, Kate, I heard like at least six people mentioning the Suns this year. Yeah. I don't I literally people are mentioning the Suns as being like because of that Chris Paul effect. It's I mean, yeah. sure. they're going to be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I see that. I see oh, that. Yeah. But like, and if Jalen Smith can play battle, come on. Log City 2.0. <laughs> I, I, I like their team, but you know, man, that's tough because they're so young still, even though, you know, Chris Paul is there. So, I don't know, man. I've been hearing a lot, a lot of people mentioning the Suns. They're not Suns fans, but they've been mentioning the Suns. I, I, I don't, I, I got to watch them. So I got the NBA league pass. I'm ready. I'm ready. I gotta I gotta see what everybody's talking about with the Suns this year. That Jalen, um, Jalen Smith, his name is um the yeah. big man from Maryland, right? Yeah, Maryland. I like yeah. him. I like him. Um inside mm-hmm. out type of player could hit the three and stuff like that. And so, he got crowder. My pick, my, my, pick the, my pick to win the West is okay. They do got crowder, they do. Yeah, they got a solid team. They got a solid team, but I don't know about I don't know. That's crazy. But my pick to win the 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 West. I like what I like. I'm gonna go with the Lakers, but I like what um, Kate said about the Clippers, and I think that the Clippers is gonna have a, a big bounce back year. Um, Paul George, a lot of social media scrutiny. They was calling him Pandemic P, way mm-hmm. off P, yeah. out of the side off the backboard P. You, off yeah. the side, you know what I'm saying? Off sideboard P or whatever they was calling him. I think they. I think Paul Paul George is gonna bounce back. I really do. I think that. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers, the Clippers is going to be dangerous this year. Like you said, I think that um, Ibaka is a better um, team player than Mondres, you know. Um, so I, I think that, you know, with coaching with Ty Lue, Ty Lue, he's young. He's a young coach. He know how to get to the players. You know what I mean? He was still in the league when a lot of these players were playing before he retired. So I think that that coaching matters as well. You know, I think it's going to be a different type of philosophy there. So, yeah, I, I see the Clippers, you know, yeah. being real scary, even though I'm going with the Lakers, though. But I see the Clippers definitely, you know, making a push. One thing I can say just to add to you, Daniel, is Ty Lue is going to make sure everybody understands their role. Reggie yes. Jackson can't come in making sure trying to he can't do what he did in the bubble. He can't come in doing that. I need you to facilitate and get everybody else involved. Y'all also got to think about Luke Kennard. He just signed that extension. That that what he just signed today. Um, no, no, Luke Kennard. 
No, no, no. I'm agreeing with you. That's yeah. gonna make okay. a point. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to say, y'all, y'all gotta see Luke, Luke coming in. He gonna knock some pretty big shots down mm -hmm. for him. So I'm I, I, I believe in them. That's an underrated signing right there. I'm glad that you brought that up. See, this is why you gotta have sports talk 2319, man. You know what I'm saying? No, that's why this is it right here. You know, um, all right. So as far as the east. Oh, great. The contenders, the, the, the contenders in the East are Brooklyn and Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly. If they get it together, Philly's actually really scary. Miami, pretty mm -hmm. much those teams right there. You got to pick from those five teams right there. Are pretty right. Good. Yes, I'm that's it. Don't be yeah, LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm gonna go with the Heat out of that bunch. I love the Heat. I love their style of play. They kept almost everybody. Like we're gonna see some good stuff. I'm, the Bucks they haven't been really impressing me. Um, I'm just not a big fan of their style of play, especially with Lopez. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm gonna stay with the Heat. And then the 76ers, I'm rooting for them. I don't know. I think I think Ben Simmons is he gets way too much flack, especially for not being able to shoot. Um, people talking a lot of conversations about Ben Simmons and what and how like Joanne and Bede and their dynamic. Um, so, but I'm gonna stay with the heat. Mm. Uh, Tina. I'm going with you, Bree. We meet the heat all the way. Their defensive structure is too scary. They done added Bradley Harkis and they got precious. Uh, Y'all gotta understand what Bradley was doing with the Lakers last year. Bradley wasn't just only defending. He, he was coming off curls, pin downs, cuts coming right up into that F coming into that uh, elbow shots, I mean, knocking them down. So they still have that scoring perimeter with Goron. You still got Andre Iguodala. You still got Jimmy the shooter. You still got Tyler the shooter. You still got uh, Duncan the shooter. And now they got that interior presence too. So I'm going with Miami. I'm going with Miami. I love Miami as well. They're oh. like, they, they're the team that hey. I would like to see there. I love those guys. I love the Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, those shooters. They were so fun to watch. My one thing is, I mean, kind of like I said with the Clippers, not being a team that played well in the bubble, I think Miami thrived in that, um, in that situation. They're a team whose mentality perfect. is perfect for the bubble. And so, and I think that's a lot of, what propelled their success is their mentality and, and the way that Miami Heat team plays. But is it going to translate again back to normal NBA life? Um, that, that's something I'm, I don't know the answer to. I'm just interested to watch that this season. And I, again, I, I root for Miami. I think they're, I love the organization, love the guys. Um, I think they definitely have a chance to win the East, but I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think they're going to just dominate the regular season. Going to win a ton of games. Um, I think if they do get to the playoffs and they, um, they have Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn's a team where in the playoffs, they might be able to, knock the bucks out just with a little bit more star star power but i think in terms of the regular season and winning the regular season east title i think um that's gonna be the bucks mm. okay okay me i got the east i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with everybody's pick i'm going with brooklyn man you know what i'm saying <laughs> i'm going with brooklyn i, I gotta see katie <laughs> and Kyrie versus those 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 Laker boys with lebron and stuff like that man you know um let, let, let LeBron and Kyrie settle it in the finals and stuff. That, that's what I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the um with Brooklyn and stuff. So they defense. Well, let me ask you a question. Defensively, do they scare you though? For no. Brooklyn, like no. <laughs> not at all. 
I think us, I think us four right here added with my four-year-old son, we probably get like 30 points on Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? A quarter, yeah. a quarter. They just want to score. Now they're gonna score, you know what I'm saying? But defensively, um, nah, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so, especially on their bench. Now I want Brooklyn to win the East, but I also know they're top heavy. I know that. You know, yeah. they, you know, they go further down the line of their, you know, when you go down their lineup, it, it, it thins out a lot, you know. Um, also, I just feel like that, like they're not going to use Jared Allen the way as they should. That's just my opinion on that, though. But I, I just want them to win because I want to see, you know, LeBron and, um, you know, Katie and Kyrie go at it in the finals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We're going to start with Bree. Who you picked going to the finals in the West? Mm, I definitely got... I got Lakers, Grizzlies, Suns, Denver, Blazers. Oh, okay. Definitely. I need your finals one because you got Miami going. I so. know that's playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Lakers. All right. So all right, so we want to go with the final. Who's going to win the championship right now? So you got Lakers and you got Miami Heat in the finals. Who you got winning the championship? One word. It's going to be the Lakers. It's going to be Lakers. <laughs> you got the Lakers winning too, uh, Justina? Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, Kate, you had the Clippers, the Clippers. and my, the Clippers and Bucks, right? So you got the Clippers winning it all. Dang, that's crazy. Uh, no, I'm going with the, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to win it all. Interesting. No, that's that's that's, that's a good pick though. I like Milwaukee too. I like, you know what? I wish that Giannis plays the center full time. I've been saying that on my podcast since I started podcasting on October 23rd, 2019. I've been like, Giannis, you need to play the five now. You know what I mean? I think that, because I think a lot of people really harp on his his lack of perimeter shooting skills, Kate. And I'm like, you know what? Just play center and then just eat everybody up like that, you know? Yeah. And it's funny, it's funny that he's a two-time defending NBA MVP. He is also um, defensive player of the year and he's 26 years old or 27, 26. All these flaws in his game and all those awards that he won, he's still got he still got room to grow in his game. I think that Giannis is scary. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he needs to develop a crazy three point um shot. No, nope. I think that this is what I think that he should develop. He needs the one to the one dribble, two dribble, three dribble pull up game. That's what he boom does. boom. He'll be he'll right. be he'll be a problem, but his release so slow too. So he need to go back Ooh, to that. I don't know if you saw the video of Giannis when he was a rookie. He had a quick release when he first came in the NBA. And they changed the shot for him. I don't know why. Maybe he got stronger or something. Yeah, I think it's because he got stronger. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think, I think, man, Giannis, man. Hey, she got you got the Bucks winning. I don't blame you, to be honest. I think that they would shoot. I like Drew Holiday there. Yeah. I like I like DJ Augustine too. He's he's I like him because he sets the same stature like CP3. Mm. Um and, and what he did with Orlando, and I tried he tried to develop Markel. As well, and Markel is going to be fine. Still a good player or whatever like that. But if Augustine was still there, Markel left, he would have got. He would have Cole would have been would have flourished with uh with DJ. Mm. Yeah, you see why they brought you know why they brought Cole Anthony in because I think they might get rid of Markel. I don't know. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. So that's your picks. So let's get um. I want since since we had hot takes in here, I want one hot take from everybody here. We're gonna start with Kate. Kate didn't give a hot take. No, don't start with me. all right my hot take is the nets are going to be the five seed in the east spicy talk (laughs) justina what's your hot take oh it's my hot take (laughs) Mm. 
Come on, come on. I don't got one right now. Oh, you got one. Oh, I don't have one right now. Y'all got to keep going and see. Let me think of it. Um, All right, Bree, go ahead. What's your hot take? Art is going to join the Spurs, and the Spurs are going to end up knocking off the Lakers. Don't do my Spurs Ooh. like that, man. That is a hot take. <laughs> That's a hot take for real. <laughs> um, gonna be phenomenal. That's the missing piece. It's Harden. I'm telling you. You know, I, I I'll give a hot take, I, and I think I, I think that I'll say that the the Phoenix Suns they won't go to the conference finals, but they get to the second round, go to a game seven. Hmm. That's my okay. hot take. I'll give, I'll, I'll give a I'll give a hot take, and this but you breathe since you say Harden going to the Spurs. <laughs> I think Jalen Brown gonna get traded in the trade with uh Ooh. with um with Harden. Interesting. That is because, because mm. I don't think I don't think Jalen Brown can reach his ceiling with uh Jason Tatum. I would have I would have to agree. If, I would, yeah, I would agree with you. Two, I would agree I would with you because he's um, held back. I would agree with you because Jalen Brown is actually a small forward. He's not a shooting guard, and I don't like mm-hmm. Jason Tatum as a power forward. I like him as a yeah, small and that puts um Jalen Brown in the corner. And although yep. he knocked that shot down, yep. it's still not. It don't look natural yet. It just that's not what he what we need him for. Mm. I think I think Jalen Jalen Brown he definitely needs that. That's my opinion on it on the Celtics. We didn't even talk about the Celtics too. That's crazy. <laughs> that was our first Celtics. And, right and another hot and another hot take just to, just to, just to get y'all right <laughs> another hot take through the mid season. Melo's gonna be the primary ball handler, and either Graham or Rozier gonna be gone from Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think, I think Rozier might be the only one that's gonna go. Okay. I think that if you, you, if you, if you keep one, you're gonna keep going, keep Devonte Graham and stuff. I, I think that I think Rosen is definitely gonna be on the trade block this year. I don't know where he's gonna go, but you know, I think that um, he's definitely gonna be on the trade block. So. Mm-hmm. With that being said, man, this is the end of the season preview podcast on the Daniel Test podcast and stuff. And we're going to start with Kate, Justina, and Brianna. Uh, shout out your social media so um, the people can find y'all. I am at Kate Constable on Twitter um, and at Kate.Constable on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> I am at Hoopnalysis underscore 35. You know, Katie's my favorite player. And then I'm also at Hoop Vows, which I do full evaluation reports on Twitter as well. Um, I'm Strawberry Brianna on Instagram. Uh, I do the No Bull podcast like Daniel was talking about. Um, that's it. <laughs> and I'm Daniel Artes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Daniel Artes Pod as well. And also you can follow me on 265 Media on Instagram and Twitter as well. That is at Two, the number two, the word 60, the number five, and media on Instagram and Twitter. With that being said, for Kate, for Justina, for Brianna, I'm Daniel Artest. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much, ladies, for being on my NBA Season Preview Podcast. I appreciate y'all so much, man. With that being said, I'm out of here. Y'all have a good day. Peace. Thank you. <laughs>